Blog Talk Radio. Welcome everyone. It's another episode of the Roman Show for the week of April 17, 2017. And this week we welcome Roman Salazar, who will be in action at the coming up Combate Americas fight card. This plus much more on the Roman Show, which starts right now. Step down to the get down. All right, whenever you're ready. You're ready. Five seconds to the open. Aquarius, watch that little gimbal. We don't want you coming off in space. Booster, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Fly. Guidance, Surgeon, go. 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 GNC, we're going. Tell me, go. The Roman Show. With your host, Rodolfo Roman. Well, welcome everyone to another episode. We're going to welcome Roman Salazar, who will be in action this coming week. On Combate Americas, you can see that on UFC Fight Pass and also on Azteca Americas. Joining me on the other end, my co-host, Mr. George Alonzo, also the host of Wrestle City Radio. How's it going? I'm doing just fine, sir. I'm doing just fine here drinking an Akai margarita, enjoying life, and looking forward to today's episode here. It's Akai, Akai. I need to fire my writer. It's not even your writer. It's just the way you pronounce the word, man. No, this is the way he told me to say it, okay? Hey, Will, you're fired. It's that simple. The snap of a finger. Guys, I'm going to let you guys know that before, during, and after training, make sure you rub some Athlon Rub. It'll make you feel brand new. Check them out, athlonrub.com. Also, for some of the aches and pains of working out training, you got to go to the Fire and Ice Therapy Spa located in Davie and in Coconut Creek. You can find out more information by visiting fireandicespa.com. Titan FC returns to action May 19th. Tickets are on sale already. And it's going to be taking place at the new home at the Pembroke Pine City Center. And that will be, of course, located in the city of Pembroke Pine. You can visit titanfighting.com for more information. Uh, two titles will be on the line. Jose Shorty Torres will be in, uh, in action. Also, Jay-Z Cavacante will be uh, in action as well. Those two guys will be going up for title uh, opportunities. I myself will be ringing out. They'll be live on UFC Fight Pass if you are not located in Florida. Uh, but if you are in South Florida, make sure you put it on your calendar. May 19th, Titan FC returns to action. And George, we have several events this weekend and when it comes to pro wrestling one of them being icw uh they have an event uh, at the miami high school mm-hmm. miami senior high school that's in miami florida uh, they got some great names out there yep uh you got everyone from drew donovan to aldo rose to the bunny for christ's sake mm-hmm. to max stardom uh demos you you name them you they they're gonna have them uh, like it's it's a ridiculous card. It's you know the prices range from ten dollars to twenty five dollars. Uh, for the first time ever, 
in ICW history. There's going to be a guy that's going to wrestle not once but twice in one show when Max Stardom not just teams up with his partner, Mike, uh, Michael Mannix, in the system defending the ICW United States Championships, but also he will also be in the main event against Johnny Vandal, someone that's been around, you know, in Japan, in the WWE, in NXT. So this is definitely, definitely a a show you don't want to miss. And also uh, up north in Coral Springs, uh, CCW will be hosting Spring Breakout with guys like Gangrel, uh, the genius Larry Poffel will be there, and of course ECW veteran Pablo Marquez. That's another fun card to watch. And that's uh, both of these go events are on April 22nd, Saturday. Yeah, so, you know, if you don't want to make the long drive down to Miami, uh, you know, and it, it, you feel like, hey, let me just drive to something around the corner, feel free. You got CCW, you, like you were just mentioning. You have Gangrel on the show. You have Cha-Cha Charlie. You have Pablo Marquez. You have The Goat, uh, the champion. Uh, you have so many names on that show as well. Uh, the Genius. Uh, that's worth the price of admission. So basically two shows, one day, and on top of that, it kind of like, it gives you that that r expansion, you know, because let's admit, sometimes gas to people is like too expensive and they don't want to drive from far lengths from, you know, deep down in Fort Lauderdale all the way down to Miami. So it happens, it's the truth. So, you know, what I'm saying is that if you want to enjoy some good wrestling and you don't want to drive too far, you got CCW. If you want to drive and you even live in the South, uh, or if you, want to, you live in the South and you want to drive North, listen, it's something for everyone on April 22nd. Yeah, you got something to do no matter when. And then after, you can come home around 10 p.m. and watch some UFC um, action on uh, FX1. So you can't go wrong. Great combat sports action this Saturday. Uh, and George, I want to let everyone know that we had a great time at Florida Supercon Retro this past week, and we had a chance to speak guys like Gangrel, Jake the Snake Roberts, uh, Booker T, uh, Leva Bates, uh, and so much more. In fact, we were trending on the Internet, man. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, just to say this right now, we thank, uh, you know, Florida Supercon Retro uh, for the great hospitality that they provided for you and I. Uh, it was a great welcome. You know, they welcomed us with open arms. And we, we you know, and, and then just, not just that, but the honor to sit, you know, to speak with the people that we did, like Jake the Snake Roberts, Booker T, Michael Kingston, Gangrel, you know, the list goes on and on. The, for the people that even acknowledged us as journalists saying, hey, you know, we've heard of you. Uh, it, it was a great honor. And we thank everyone that, you know, said that to us. We thank all of the guests that we interviewed that day, and we thank Florida Supercon Retro for the great hospitality. And we'll be getting ready for Florida Supercon July 27th to the 30th in Fort Lauderdale. as at the Fort Lauderdale Convention. Um, guys like Sting, yep. Ric Flair, uh, Lita, Jerry the King Lauder, those are some of the pro wrestling guys that will be there. Uh, I know in, in, in the entertainment side, you have Jason, Jason David Frank, uh, the Pink Ranger, wasn't it Kimberly? Uh, yes, Kimberly. Uh, I I don't know her real name though, but Amy Lee, Amy John, Amy Johnson. Yeah, uh, yeah, Amy Lee Johnson. There you go. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, the Pink Ranger and Jason David Frank, the Pink Ranger and Green Ranger, both 
at the same convention. That is something that's rarely seen, and you go only be able to see that at the Florida Supercon this year, July 27th through July the 30th. And on top of that, like you said, all those major wrestling names that are going to be there from Sting all the way down to, who you say, Lita, will be there. So, And maybe even you and I will possibly be there working some more. So we'll be more than happy to see all of you again at that event. Who didn't have a crush on the Pink Ranger? I, I, well, you know, I'm dashing. So basically the Pink Ranger had a crush for me. Then. All right, guys, let's get things started here with uh, Reality Check and talk some pro wrestling. And now it's time to give you a Reality Check. Well, George, I mean, we were literally the talk of pro wrestling you know, with all our interviews. But before we touch base on that. Let's get some things out of the way here. Nia Jax, you know, they've been pushing her as this big beast, the phenom in the women's division on Raw. Uh, but after watching that four-woman challenge, they just don't give her the push. They don't make her that powerful woman. Uh, once again, she lost. She, she's not getting an opportunity at the title on a one-on-one basis to win it because she, she, she very well deserves it if she wants to live up to that name of the almighty woman, but they're just not giving her the push. I get what you're saying. I get it. And I'm going to follow through with that. But maybe also the loss could be possibly punishment due to the backlash that she received last week from the the many botches against Charlotte. I'm not WWE, okay? I don't work the WWE. I don't work backstage with the WWE. None None of that. I'm only saying from my point of view, from where I sit, from where I say as a fan, I feel like it could be a punishment because, again, Charlotte is one of your top players in the female division, and she almost was hurt twice in one match in a span of 10 minutes or less. So it could have been punishment, maybe. I don't know. But also, to segue with what you're saying, Roman, yes, I agree. You know, how can you... Tell me, hey, this is a monster. She, it's going to be hard to beat her when every week it's a new loss. I, I don't know. I'm not sold 100% on Nia Jax being that Braun Strowman of the female division because it was a long time until Braun Strowman actually had her, his first loss. And Nia Jax is almost one every week. And you, I, I feel like that ability or that, that, that window to promote Nia Jax as that monster of that division has come and gone. I think so, too. Uh, I hope they, I know you also want to build up Alexa Bliss. I mean, she, she's, she's a great talent. I mean, who would have thought, right? Unless, unless in less than three, four years, she's become this, this great, not only is she, she's beautiful, but she's an awesome wrestler. But, man, I, I feel like they can do so much with Nia Jax. She could be that awesome Kong that came in and just wreaked havoc, wreaked havoc, uh, havoc in the women's division, but they just don't let her do it. I mean, she has the size. She has the look. What else do you need from her? I mean, she's ready to go. Yeah, she does. Uh, but the, again, but they didn't even do the thing with, when she was in, in NXT with Asuka. She, they didn't give her that uh, un, you know, unstoppable well, woman. Well, in NXT, she had more of that push. In the main roster is when she lost it. But here's the thing, and this might go wrong for a lot of people. NXT, yes, it's its own brand, uh, it's its own show, it's everything. 
but is still considered to me a developmental window for these guys going up to the main roster. Hence, why you see why they are still called call-ups. They're their own brand, but the situation is is that it would have been more important having that you know gimmick in the main roster over and than the NXT roster. That that's what I'm thinking. Well, speaking of NXT, we've noticed that a lot of some of these NXT guys that make that that jump from uh, the NXT to the main roster, they get injured. Finn Balor returned last year. Boom, he gets injured after winning the Universal title. He comes back uh, last week, made his, uh, his first uh, in-ring um, performance after being away, and allegedly he got hurt, although he wrestled this week. And then you got one half of the Revival who got hurt as well. They'll be out for some time. So what is it with these NXT guys getting injured as they make their moves to the main roster? Uh, as a matter of fact, to, to talk about the revival situation, yeah, you're right. It's uh, Zach D- uh, Dawson right now. That's uh, Dash Wilder. I'm sorry, Dash Wilder. Uh, that's currently out with an injury. Uh, he broke his jaw. He'll be out for three months. Uh, he injured it over the weekend. Um, so yeah, but as far as injuries happen, Roman, it, injuries happen, man. It, it doesn't matter whether they come from NXT or the Indies or, or even in their main roster. It happens. Remember, it, it was, was it two years ago it, uh, before WrestleMania? The entire roster was injured, and they were all coming from the main roster. Not NXT, the main roster. So basically, it's, it's not something that's not familiar with the WWE, and it's probably not familiar with any other sport. Injuries happen. But I remember a time back in the day, when do you recall The Rock being injured? Uh, okay, Stone Cold probably got injured, I remember, with the, with the neck. Uh, Triple H got injured with what I think it was a hamstring. Um, there were some injuries, but I don't know, it seems to be that we've been getting more injuries now. Hulk Hogan, what the hell do you remember Hulk Hogan being injured? But Roman, you can't compare that time to now. The business has evolved. There, there's more risk in the moves that are happening now. Like, back with Hulk Hogan, the most you would see was punches, kicks, big boots, and leg drops. Gorilla presses, power slams. Now you see all these flip-flops and, and high spots and rapid-moving uh, spots, you know, chain, chains and all that. You don't see what's happening now back in the day. Not even in the days of Austin and Triple H did you see what you see now. It, it was very simple back then. Now it's very fast-paced. So, and mind you... I guess with the evolve of the business came the risk, and with that risk, obviously, came injuries. So you you can't blame it. it. It's you can't blame the business. You can't blame the people. You just have to say, hey, it just comes with the program. Got to roll with the punches. All right. Well, George, you and I we tackled Florida SuperCon and got the opportunity to interview pretty much all of the uh, pro wrestling superstars that were at the at the, at the con this weekend. And uh, several topics were raised. I know you interviewed Booker T about him coming back, being a commentator at Monday Night Raw, which he's doing so this week. And also, um, I, I got the chance to interview Gangrel, who, who claims that Bray Wyatt uh, called him up to be part uh, of some way or somehow a part of uh, WWE programming. And, and I asked him, and it's pretty cool, how cool would it be Bray Wyatt and... Gangrel in the same ring. That, that'd be pretty neat. 
that would be very freaky. You got the Eater Worlds versus the Vampire. The Vampire Warrior, mind you. And Gangrel was pretty freaky at that time because Gangrel will come out with the, the goblet of blood and will spit it into the crowd and people will be like, oh my God, is that real blood or not? And personally, I don't know. <laughs> because, you know, Gangrel takes everything so serious and we should. But uh, going to this again, basically it's a situation where I'm like, damn, who's more freakier in this contest? It's like, it's a freak contest. And you don't know who's going to win. Bray Wyatt with his weird ways, weird promos, or Gangrel with his just freaky attitude. I can't tell you who will win that. Because Gangrel really wasn't now that uh, amazing with the mic. But he didn't even have to speak. Just the blood, the spitting, that the whole thing was freaky. That, that, he, he, that's the magic of some characters. Sometimes you don't need to speak. Sometimes just the character does the speaking for you. And Gangrel was that kind of character. You know, even like a guy like Braun Strowman that's now currently on WWE television, that's a guy that never really has to pick up a mic, if you think about it. It's necessary nowadays to cut a promo and all that. But it, it, if you really think about it, Braun Strowman, I already believe the guy just coming out there beating people up, and he doesn't have to speak a word. As a matter of fact, didn't he not talk for a couple of weeks and people were already booing him? That is, that is powerful. Jericho proved it when he came back. I think it was not this time, but the last time, when all he would do was run around the ring saying, yeah, 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 and people would be cheering, 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 and then all of a sudden, he would leave, and people would start booing, and then he proved to the world how good he was because he did not need to speak a word and get a reaction. That is true professionalism. Yeah, it takes a, that, that's a lot. That's, how you know, that's when you know you're really good at what you do. All right, George, we're going to welcome right now Roman Salazar, who will be in action at the upcoming Combate Americas this Thursday. Uh, so make sure you catch that on UFC Fight Pass. You don't want to miss it. April 20th, Thursday uh, on America Azteca 2. Uh, you can check it out there. Roman Salazar will be going in action against Ricky or Ricardo Palacios, uh, better known as El El, uh, this is, I'm telling you, I've interviewed Palacios a couple of times, and the guy looks like your average Joe. You know, you would never think that this guy's a fighter, but boy, he can kick your ass. And uh, Salazar tells us, who actually was part of the UFC, how he's ready to make a comeback to one day return to the octagon. So this is his stepping stone, a win over Palacios, and perhaps a one or two more, he might get back in the octagon, so he has to go through Palacios if he wants to get back into the octagon. Roman Salazar on The Roman Show, coming up next. Monster Energy Fort Rock returns to JetBlue Park, April 29th and 30th with Jeff Leppard and Soundgarden. Featuring a perfect circle, Mastodon, Chevelle, Papa Roach, Caesar, Three Days Grace, Alter Bridge, The Pretty Reckless, Highly Suspect, In This Moment, Nothing More, and The Return of the Offspring. 
Monster Energy Fort Rock, South Florida's biggest rock experience. Over 25 bands, two days of nonstop rock and roll. Tickets are on sale now. Go to FortRockFestival.com for GA and VIP tickets, hotel options, and more. Fort Rock, fueled by Monster Energy Drink. Thanks again for tuning in, everyone, to The Roman Show. Uh, it's a pleasure. Ironically, I love how funny it is. But right now, we have Roman Salazar on The Roman Show. Uh, right now, it'll be his show, just for today. And uh, he'll be taking on Ricky El Gallero Palacios at Combate Americas coming up later this month. Thanks so much for uh, taking some time and speaking to us, Roman. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. Awesome. Well... It's really funny, man. Roman show, Roman, your name is hilarious. I just still can't get over it. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm all about it, man. There you go. <laughs> so tell me about this upcoming match uh, against Ricky El Gallera Palacios. Palacios, of course, he's a guy that loves to stand and bang. Uh, a lot of people, when he was in um, the reality show of Combate Americas, really counted him out. But uh, he really came through. And having some really impressive matchups and, 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 and nice, nicely timed uh, uh, finishes. So what can you tell me about your opponent coming up uh, later this month on Combate Americas? Well, I mean, obviously right off the bat, you do re- like look at his record and you realize the kid is uh, always looking for finishes, always looking for knockouts. So that really stuck out to me. I love the way he fights. He's, uh, he's tough, man. I mean, it's funny. If you like like judge a book by its cover, then sometimes that's not always the story. You look at him, and I mean, I even heard on some of the Combate shows, they like talk about his physique doesn't look like a natural fighter doesn't, but the kid is tough, man. He's there to swing. He doesn't look like he takes very many steps backwards. I mean, he understands range. It's very good, um, obviously, with his boxing background. The kid looks tough, man. He's going to be a difficult puzzle to solve, but, I mean, I think we got the game plan to do it just to put him in some uncomfortable waters and um, spots that he really hasn't been put in in his previous fights. You know, he kind of almost, almost reminds me of a Justin Gaethje of, uh, who used to be in the World Series of Fighting, who takes all these hits and gives the hits back. But is the game plan, of course, you can't give it all here, but is the game plan possibly, do you want to trade and bang with him or uh, take it somewhere else? I mean, no, I mean, definitely. It's, uh, I mean, luckily with me, I mean, if I have any strengths at all, it's just my well-roundedness. So, I mean... I'm willing to uh, stand up and exchange with him. I just got to put him in an uncomfortable range and keep him guessing, you know, just give him different looks, whether, you know, it's keeping him in kicking range or whenever we're inside, jamming that distance up and making him uncomfortable where he can't tee off with those heavy uppercuts and punches he throws. So we're going to be all the way in, all the way out. But, I mean, the thing is just to not be in boxing range with him. Obviously, that's where he thrives. So, I mean, I don't mind banging out with anybody. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a wrestler at heart, but me being a – a Mexican, Americano, Latino fighter, man. Anytime I get hit right away, it turns in a Chicago's flying. That's just the way we do it. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, right now you got the match coming up. How is it fighting for Combate Americas? Of course, you and and, uh, and Ricky are going to be headlining this fight card. It's awesome, man. I mean, I, I think they have a beautiful platform to be able to show Latin American fighters and just Latin fighters in general. And then, you know, everybody knows whenever you got a Latino inside that cage that they're there to put their heart and soul into the fight and they don't like to leave anything as a judge, man. We always scrap and look for finishes and, you know, a lot of the times you're going to see those uh, Latino last names being fight of the night because that's just the way we do things, man. We uh, we live and die with a sword a lot of times. So, I mean, I'm excited to work uh, for Combate Americas, you know, I have this fight coming up and 
I mean, they're 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 great, man. They're great to work for. I mean, they've they've done a real good job of uh, promoting their shows. And I just like what they've done for the Latin market in general, as far as MMA goes. So, are you signed to Combat Americas, or it's a one fight deal? Um, this one, I was only offered a one off. Um, this this fight, um, not exactly sure what's going to happen or where. Obviously, I mean, with every fight off as it comes in, that might be another step closer to getting me back in the UFC. I mean, it's possible. Um, But, I mean, we, we'll take one at a time, and hopefully, you know, I, I, I impress them. They're willing to get me some more fights. We'll see, man. We'll talk about it. I, I mean, like I said, I'm a fan of Combates. Anytime it's on Fight Pass, I watch it, you know, never even really thinking that I was going to fight on Combates. I'm glad the opportunity arose. I think it's awesome, and, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to be able to showcase my talents to these guys. Now, of course, you were in the UFC. Didn't go the way you wanted it to, but how was that experience? Even though it was short-term, but how was the experience with you in the UFC? Oh, I mean, it's awesome, man. It really is. Obviously, it's uh, everything you think it's going to be. It's like you get used to fighting in crowds of 2,000, 3,000 people, all of a sudden fighting at Staples Center in front of 20,000 on a Ronda Rousey card, man. You're just like, holy moly, you know, this stuff happened. Um, yeah, I've had, a, you know, I mean, it was a, a weird shake for me taking uh, that uh, Gagnon fight on a five-day notice. The, the, the real moral victory to me was even making weight there, and then whenever I fought Kitty Yamamoto, getting my eye poked, and getting it called a no contest and then getting submitted by Martin Chito Vera, who was on the Ultimate Fighter uh, Latin America season after, you know, pretty much beating him pretty handily the whole fight and getting caught. And the only thing that he could really do to me is submit me, you know what I mean? But it's humbling, man. It was a great experience. I mean, and it just showed me that that's where I belong to, like, fighting the best in the world anyway, man. And I, I just want to fight young, hungry up-and-comers until I make my way back and just, I just want to fight the elite. Do you think that, that the door opened a little bit soon, too soon for you to go into the UFC? Were, were you ready at that time, or if you, if you had the chance, you would have waited a bit? Yeah, you know what, honestly, I mean, whenever that door opened up, I, I think that I've had more time to polish all my skills and just kind of work things, you know, like, at that time, whenever I got called in, I was, I mean, I was still working full-time, I mean, I was training whenever I could, but obviously... You know, I was I was a full-time cable installer, man, and I was getting in to train. Hopefully, some days I could make it in three, four times a week, and I just couldn't live this lifestyle. These last two years now, I you know I work at the gym. I'm a coach, and I and I'm just in the gym all day, man. I'm at the Fight Ready MMA ten hours a day, pretty much. Whether I'm working with clients or teaching classes and working on myself, get all that training time. It felt like I was uh, making up for lost time, man. I, I I definitely think I might have got called up too soon, but whenever Sean Shelby calls, it's kind of hard to tell him no. <laughs> No doubt about that. So how is training going? You say you spend about 10 hours a day in the gym. How is the training going? Uh, and who are some of the guys that you're training with? Well, that's awesome, man. I mean, if I ready MMA, obviously the nucleus there um, is Henry Cejudo, Frankie Signs. I mean, uh, we're brothers here. I mean, we've been, you know, I've been in many camps with them. Um, and, I mean, we train together on a day-in, day-out basis. And all the other guys, obviously, we've got a bunch of up-and-comers, Paris Stanford, other guys that are coming up um, through the local rankings here. But... Um, yeah, it's great, man. I mean, I mean, we're all united. We're all a family here, and we just push each other, man. Yeah, we're grinding. Like, today's our Friday sparring session. We're just kind of sitting around here waiting, watching that clock as it gets closer to 6 o'clock that we could go put, uh, try to punch a hole in each other's head right now, and that's just how we do things. But it feels great, man. I mean, training with people of that caliber and just everyone on our team, man, like, We, we train so hard that whenever, you know, the, the, the easy thing is fights, to be honest with you, man, because no matter what, at the end of the day, it's either going to be 15 minutes or 25 minutes at the, at the most. And at the gym, no matter, you might accidentally 
knock somebody out, tap somebody out, they would tap another hungry lion waiting outside that cage waiting to come jump on you anyway. So the, the fights are easy because we train so hard. Well, I mean, those are big names right there. Henry Cejudo, of course, respectable fighter in the UFC, had a title shot. I mean, that right there, that's prime. But let us know for those who don't know too much of your background, a little bit about how you got started in mixed martial arts. Yeah, man, I, um, I, I, you know, I was a wrestler through and through. I mean, I was wrestling, and I was about to uh, wrestle my freshman year at Pima Community College down in Tucson, and then they actually dropped the program. So I, um, at that time, I mean, I was a freshman in college, and my uh, wife now, who was my girlfriend then, um, became pregnant with our son, and I was like, I was like, oh, man, I got to go uh, be, a, be a man now and go get myself a job and do that. And I did, and I just kind of thrived on uh, missed competition. So I walked into a local boxing game down in Tucson, Arizona, and you know I went in there with uh, the thoughts of you know just kind of wanting to get in shape. I had seen some grappling and watched some of the Ultimate Fighter shows. Never really thought that it'd be something I'd uh, like want to do or follow. But um, you know I ended up falling in love with the sport, man. My first time sparring, and I just like the competition was something so pure to me that I just kept chasing it, man. And then I. Uh, Ran into Santino DeFranco, who's my head coach now, at uh, one of the uh, local events there, Rage in the Cage. Um, that was about nine years ago now. He told me if I move up, he'd be more than happy to help me move up to these ranks. He said, man, if you you got the work ethic, if you keep training, one day we could get you to the UFC. And to me, I thought that was all crazy, but it sounded like a good idea. And, you know, here we are. <laughs> and so, lived up to his it's work. great, man. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Well, I want to thank you so much, Roman, for taking some time and speaking to us. A uh, final word, anything else you'd like to say uh, as your fight approaches against uh, Ricky oh. coming up? Nah, man, just uh, definitely like to thank all my sponsors as always. You, know, you got Trent Cocky, uh, McAvs, those guys always take care of me, make sure my smile stays pretty, making my mouthpieces, <laughs> doing all that good stuff, and uh, Western Concrete Plumbing, they've been there since the beginning. And then just to all my fans, man, be ready to see some fireworks out there. Um, everybody who's watched me fight knows that I love to put on a show, so I can't wait to do it. And I think I have the perfect opponent who's going to just push right back. And I mean, it's going to be exciting, man. I can't wait. Awesome. Well, Roman, thanks so very much. And uh, we'll see you catch you real soon on uh, UFC Fight Pass and also on Azteca uh, Americas as Combate Americas will take place later this month. Thanks so much, man, and good luck. Ladies and gentlemen, listeners all around the world, welcome to. The Showdown! Well, George, Demetrius Johnson continues to dominate the flyweight division. This time his victim was Wilson Heist. And Demetrius is just unstoppable. He is pound for pound the best fighter right now in mixed martial arts. He's going after a record. And that is defending the title 11 times. Anderson Silva defended the title 10 times. He was very successful until he lost it in the 11th. But Demetrius Johnson is going for number 11. He's going to break that record. That's what he wants. But he's also complaining because he says, yes, he was featured on Fox. And he was the main event. But he's not getting enough publicity. And I see that. He's not, the, he's not your John Jones. He's not your Conor McGregor. He's not even your Anderson Silva when it comes to the promo. Uh, they're talking. He's just a fighter. His thing that he got going on, he calls himself Mighty Mouse, and he likes a lot of video games. But that's pretty much it. Needless to say, this guy is a true badass. He has destroyed everyone 
in his division that they have given him to. In fact, he's even thinking of moving up to 135 because he has no competition at 125. Needless to say, he got a little bit pissed off because every time you win a title or you defend your title or in a fight, you get or you obtain a new belt. He has defended his title 10 times. He only has one title. So his thing was to Dana White, listen, I've defended this title already nine times. I want my nine or eight titles for those times that I defended, just like they do in boxing. And apparently Dana White is going to give him uh, his belt. But he wants more money. And I agree, Demetrius Johnson deserves the money. He deserves the hype. He is the real deal. He's unstoppable. Only because he's, I don't know, five feet in change and weighs 125 doesn't take anything away give the man what he deserves and that's a lot of respect and he is pound for pound the best fighter in town yeah if if this goes back to what i was saying earlier in our pro wrestling segment sometimes you don't need to talk in order to show how good you are you know demetrius johnson fits that bill in the mma world uh because the guy has proven he could stand and and you know with the best of them he has, the guy has a incredible win-loss record, uh, and you were mentioning some great names earlier, like with the whole promo stuff. Demetrius Johnson doesn't really need that. He, he proves himself. You know that saying, it's better to walk the walk than talk the talk, or don't talk the talk, walk the walk? That, that's the best terminology for Demetrius. He doesn't talk. He walks. And basically, which all I could say is leave the talking for the rest of the guys. Demetrius will do his business inside the octagon. And how crazy it is that he only has two losses, two losses in his entire career. And one of the came, one of the hands, it, it came from the current champion Dominic Cruz. And again, it wasn't even in his weight class of 125. So that's just how good he is. And his other loss came to Cobb Swanson, which again. Wasn't in his weight class, too. So this guy technically is undefeated in 125. Well, that makes him more dangerous. Because basically, go, like I've mentioned this before when we talked about other fights, when you got something to prove, then you're going to stick to it. And what I mean by that is that if he's undefeated in his weight class, he ha- it kind of goes back to like a situation of, of Anderson Silva. Every single time he stepped into that octagon, he wasn't just defending his title. He was defending his undefeated streak. He, and on top of that, the guy grew a humongous ego for it. But that is the same thing with Demetrius. Now every time he's getting in that octagon, he's not just a fighter, but he's a dangerous fighter. The reason being because... He's not only going in there trying to beat you, but he's there trying to defend his undefeated streak. So that makes him very, very dangerous and very, very, like, goal-minded. So, mind you, I, 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 I wouldn't mess with the guy. Well, we're getting news. Cross your finger, George. It finally might happen. The rematch. John Jones could possibly get a title shot, which right now, uh, Daniel Cormier, the champion, light heavyweight champion, uh, it seems that Dana White offered Jones the fight in late July for the uh, upcoming pay-per-view. John Jones basically just has to accept and says if he's ready or not. Let's cross our fingers. You know, the first time DC gets hurt, then at UFC 200, the whole thing happened with uh, John Jones failing the, uh, the drug test. Hopefully these two can, can duke it out because it's really sad 
But John Jones is a freaking badass. And he keeps dropping the ball. He could be there. He, in my opinion, he is up there with the Demetrius Johnson, the Anderson Silvas. That's how good and talented he is. But because he got in trouble with all this nonsense outside of him with his personal life, it's really ruined his image. But he is really a true badass. He's a phenomenal fighter. And I hope he could really shape up. And if he does get this chance, or if he does accept this title shot in late July, he can prove to the world, he can prove to himself that he really is good at what he, he does. Yeah, well, you know, I'm in a situation right now with John Jones that I need to see it to believe it. Because for the last couple of times that he had a major fight, something has gone down, whether he was arrested, injured, uh, he did something that Dana White didn't like, and the, the fight gets canceled, sometimes even last minute. And it pissed off a lot of people, and it pissed me off. Because the last time it was said between Cormier and Jones, we were all looking forward to the fight. And then what was it? I think it was a week or two before the fight. It got canceled. So because of... Uh, days before. Yeah, well, thank you. You were due at the uh, UFC 200. Yeah, freaking. And, and it was, like you said, days before the event. And, and we all got let down. And, and it is what it is. Now, did UFC give us something awesome in return, like a dream fight per se? Yes. Uh, but we were still looking to see Cormier and Jones. So I guess I'm going to say this. I want to see it to believe it, that Jones will be in there. Yes, promote the pay-per-view. Do what you got to do. Sign the dotted line to make it happen. But until the day of the pay-per-view comes, like the actual day, and it, you see them both making their entrance to the octagon, that is when I'll believe it's going to happen. Well, Dana White has already claimed that he will not make John Jones a main event because of what happened at UFC 200. So let's see if John Jones does accept that fight. Remember, he's just coming out of his suspension. So let's see if, in fact, he's been training and if he looks good. All right, last topic. Conor McGregor, of course, the topic has been if he's going to face Floyd Mayweather or not in a boxing ring. Well, it turns out the rumor has it, rumor has it, that he could be going up against Tyrone Woodley, who is the welterweight champion. So Conor McGregor could be racking up, well, his third title if it defeats Tyrone. Of course, he had to relinquish one, or he had to give up the uh, the uh, um, 145 title. But needless to say, he is now the lightweight champion. But how crazy would it be if he were to defeat Tyrone Woodley? I'm sure, of course, that if he, he wins that title... He'll probably keep the 170, I would assume, since he walks around that, that, that weight. Let me just say this. If he wins a third title, that's it. He owns UFC. <laughs> he owns it. He basically, you know, I've said this for weeks and months, actually. Every, that man has everything in his side to say, hey, if I want to say something, I could say it because I could back it up. There was only, what, twice where I think it was proven wrong? But those are super rare occasions. This is a case where if he steps in there with Woodley and wins the championship, his third championship, mind you, I, I don't think, what can Dana White do? <laughs> Dana White probably is going like 50-50 on this situation right now. He's probably like, oh my God, this could make me so much money having a guy for the first time ever hold three titles. But at the same time, he's probably scared for his life because he has one of the best fighters in the world signed to, to a UFC contract, 
and he's taking all the titles. And you can't tell him no because the pay-per-view will be, a, will be money. So it, it's like a 50-50 as a double-edged sword. Yeah, he is the moneymaker of the UFC right now. Conor McGregor possibly going for another title that he can hang up on his wall. Well, that pretty much wraps up the Roman show this week. We welcome you next week as we welcome Kaz, the heavy metal rebel, who is part of Ring of Honor. He was also a tag champion uh, in Impact Wrestling with Christopher Daniels. And he is now the basis for Vex Temper, the heavy metal band who has just released her album. So check out Kaz next week. We're here on The Roman Show. We talk some rock and roll as we get ready for Fort Rock, which takes place in Fort Lauderdale that same weekend. So make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that you get your tickets and head on over to Fort Myers and check out Soundgarden. Uh, you're going to get Papa Roach, uh, The Offspring, so many great bands there during the, uh, a- the end of this month, April 30th uh, and 31st. Or actually, April 29th and the 30th. So check that out. Fort Myers, don't miss it. Fort Rock. And Kaz will let us know about some of his favorite bands, aside from also we talk a little bit about pro wrestling. Well, we'll catch you right, right here on The Roman Show. Make sure you follow us on our social media accounts, uh, Roman DH, uh, my personal. But did you not have Twitter? Well, you can uh, follow Wrestle City Radio on Facebook, just with that same name, Wrestle City Radio. And uh, follow us on our Facebook account, Roman Show Media. Also on Instagram, the same account. Uh, YouTube channel, that's our Roman 0201. We'll be releasing soon the uh, Headlocked Michael Kingston interview that George did from the Florida Supercon. And visit the website, theromanshow.com, to get information and the Roman Show at the Roman Show on Twitter. We'll catch you next week. You haven't been on? You haven't been heard.